Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by Redbeard Sound. Redbeard Sound provides music production, audio editing, and live sound engineering, and is where Dawn of Mantis records our podcast. You can find Sam's information on our website, dawnofmantis.com, or at redbeardsound.com. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis, a variety podcast. Remember, you can find us online at www.dawnofmantis.com. Also on Twitter at Dawn of Mantis. We have a Patreon. We have some pretty cool tears for you guys. Not not sad tears, happy tears. Mm-hmm. A T-E-R or I-E-R-S or whatever, however you spell that. Um, anyway, Joe, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot. I'm happy to be here again in the luxurious streamline Redbeard Studios. I'm looking at this handsome devil across from me. Mm. Sam, how are you tonight? I'm good. And Joe, I brought you something. Oh, he's got me a blackberry ginger ale. Now listen, after this one, we're down to six. So we have got to get that sponsorship and and start getting some of these blackberries back in out of season. You hear that, Canada Dry? We're not buying any more. The next one's on you. Crack that thing open in the mic when you do it. We've been plugging you guys every week. Every week. And what do we get? Just all we get is satisfaction for our taste buds, but we get no financial reward. Or, or free product. That's all we want is free product. That's really all I want is yeah, free Yeah, some coupons. I want... Because uh, Canada Dry, I drink the crap out of this. I do too, the Blackberry. Yeah. And all right, I'm having it right now. Yeah. Me, me too. You guys ready? Listen, yep. listen. Here we go. Oh, golly. There's nothing else that sounds like that. They're going to think that Sam's just a, the audio engineer that he is. He just piped that in. That's just... He, I didn't. That was real. That was real. That was real, baby. Yeah. That was a real... Canada Dry Ginger Ale. That's right. It's what what drives the podcast. It is. Conversation never goes dry with Canada Dry. (laughs) Ding. Anyway, also, we we should mention uh, week two. This week, it's actually working well. We're on Discord, so if you want to find out how to listen to us record these things live. By the way, we've been streaming for about... 10 minutes before we even started the podcast. Yes. So you could listen to all that tomfoolery and, and Gallo Maffery or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want in on that, let us know. It only costs you just a tiny bit. But you know what? This you, It's not free to make a podcast. So we're just trying to recoup some of our losses, yeah. obviously. We're not trying to get rich. We're not trying to, you know, whatever, something... <laughs> Pull well, the lint out of your I mean, pocket. You know, one of these days. No, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. But yeah, just just a few pennies on the dollar, and you can hear us. You can hear our pre-game, pre-show conversations about you know, like what happens after you pee, and just different things like that. Yeah, it's, it's for sure. Really informative, That's and how true. how Dick came from Richard. I'm not going to tell you because oh, you weren't on Discord. Yeah, they missed all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the Discord people are are on board. They know. Mm-hmm. They know. Yeah, and they, and they they couldn't Google it for themselves. That no. would be silly. No. <laughs> We're happy Why to do it for that? you. Yeah. Man, I'm excited about tonight. Woo. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I wish I wouldn't have covered the 
I covered it up with a woo. I'm sorry. How long have you had that in in the barrel just waiting to fire? Since you sent that text this morning. <laughs> I swear. We talked on, on Monday. Or no. Yeah, Monday. We talked about what, what the mini menace is going to be. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but Joe was like, I'm not going to tell you what our main topic is going to be for this week. I want it to be a surprise. So at like jerk move, by the way, eight o'clock <laughs> this morning, Joe was like, I can't hold it any longer. This is what it is. Yeah. And, he, and he told us, and I was like, you couldn't hold that in for nine more hours. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I have no patience at all. I'm so excited because Sam, we've talked about it before. Sam is huge into the whole, the whole pirate thing. And I don't even think, I don't even think Hannah knew this, right? Hannah didn't know this, like what the topic was tonight. And, Earlier today at 11 o'clock, she posted that this Under the Black Flag by uh, David Cordingly is a great book if if you're pirate obsessed. Oh, I didn't see that. Is that on Discord? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she posted that on Discord, and I was cool. like, does she know like what we're talking about? That she, is, that's bizarre. Does she have ESPN? Wait a second. So that was before. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. That was So it was after the text, but yeah, before. Yeah, she, she didn't get the text, and no. I didn't talk to her about that. Right. So that is bizarre. Is, it is bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> Tonight, we be talking about whom many call the gentleman pirate, Steed Bonnet. This is a very interesting like story. It. He was no regular pirate. Even, I mean, not that not anything against regular pirates, okay? Yeah. But. Well, real quick, I was just going to say, you sent the text about him, and I never know, unless it's a two-parter, and I know what we're going to be talking about the next week, I never know what we're going to be talking about yeah. for the topic until you get here and you start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked him up, and I started reading. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's great. You can jump in at yeah. any time yep. with stuff. We're actually going to be informed this time. Yeah, we're a supposed little to be bit. uninformed. <laughs> that's I'm awesome. I'm slightly informed. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, so this is I am uninformed. This is for Sam because you know, in here in Redbeard Studios, there's lots of pirate stuff around. Everywhere. Even throughout your house, there's yes. there's cool pirate stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even his logo is pirate themed. Is all he loves? Dude's really into pirates. So I love him. I can't believe we haven't. It took us this long to get around to to covering a pirate. Nevertheless, shall we? We shall. It, it's gonna be good tonight. It's gonna be fun. Tonight's episode, like I said, is on Steed Bonnet, and no, it's not Bonnet because he was not French. He was an Englishman of, like, Scottish descent. So, it's Steed Bonnet. In 1688, he was born into a wealthy English family who owned a thriving sugarcane plantation on the island of Barbados. His parents, Edward and Sarah Bonnet, and it's uh, it's not Bonnet, like I said. I don't know why there was, like, an argument about that online for some weird reason. There's an argue about, uh, argument about everything online, though. <laughs> so, yeah. True. Oh, anyway, they owned a lavish 400-acre estate that included the sugar plantation, several indentured servants of various European ancestry, along with over 90 African slaves. Despite the lavish life their parents afforded him, tragedy struck when both Edward and Sarah passed away in 1704, leaving six-year-old Steed and his two sisters orphaned. However, the, the Bonnets had bequeathed their entire estate to the young boy. As he was not old enough to inherit such wealth and responsibility at age six, he was cared for and educated by appointed guardians until adulthood when the estate was finally handed over to him. By all accounts, the young boy had grown into a well-read, well-mannered English gentleman. Hmm. Good setup. That's, that'll come in handy later, right? I think it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it, yeah. I like it. In 1709, Steed met and married Mary Allenby in the bridge in Bridgetown, Barbados, which lay just a few miles from his sprawling property. 
Mary was the daughter of another wealthy plantation owner, and the union only strengthened the place of both families within the Barbadian high society. For the next several years, Steed led what many would consider to be a charmed life. He ruled over his estate, worked his way up to major in the Barbados militia, and was a justice of the peace, and he and Mary would have three sons and a daughter together. So it sounds like a pretty like sweet setup. Yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good for this guy. But all was not well within the Bonnet household. Uh-oh. I, all in all, and I'll, I'm going to explain it more, but I think Mary was just a bitch. Oh, okay. They exist. They're out there. You know, sometimes you don't know till it's too late. <laughs> yep. <laughs> However fond they may have been for one another in the beginning, several years after their marriage, Steed and Mary were said to have endured much marital strife. Mm-hmm. This unhappy environment was exacerbated by a deep restlessness within Steed. <laughs> what? Why are we giggling? Uh, you're well, giggling and exacerbated, aren't you? You freaking twat. I knew you would. When I, I typed it, I knew you would. I wasn't, but, but I am now. It is a word that means to make worse or to, you know what I mean? Increase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you exacerbating in there? <laughs> exacerbate. So could you be a master exacerbator? <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> you could totally. <laughs> you make everything worse. Yeah. You're, you're a master, a master at, it. at it. You could be. <laughs> I'm going to call someone that one of these days. You master exacerbator. Wait, would it be exacerbate? Wait, let me read the word. Exacerbated. Yeah, exacerbator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always calls problems. <laughs> Again. This unhappy environment was exacerbated by a deep restlessness within Steed. I'm not going to use that word anymore in my research. And that's research. the word of the day. Maybe we should have a Donna Menace word of the day. Whenever someone says it. Well, it's damn sure exacerbate today. <laughs> word of the week. Mm-mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Despite their pampered surroundings, he often suffered from wanderlust and eventually became fascinated with a life that was the polar opposite of his in every possible way. The life of a pirate. Steve would daydream of setting sail at the helm of his own ship, taking to the seas in search of vessels to pillage and plunder. The more days he spent in numbing repetition, softly cradled in the lap of luxury, the more he longed to be free of all social responsibility and live the life of a nomadic rebel. Yeah, you know, that's I think that's uh the the camping and backpacking thing that I have. Like I think sometimes you get too comfortable in your everyday life, even though you know they had the stuff about the wife being a B five or whatever. <laughs> but beyond that, it's just like I think there's a there's a yearning for adventure and, and not everything to be so easy. So that's why I think people get into camping and things like that. Yeah. Just because it is it is rough. I mean, it's roughing it. I mean, it really is, unless you take your you know, 80-foot RV or something. It's like, oh, we're really camping. You're glamping. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't love that term. So, I mean, that's probably with the guy, you know, everything was there and, and it didn't fulfill him. I would say it was a midlife crisis, but he was only like 29. Maybe it was an early. Well, I mean, back then, that was probably his midlife. It was. <laughs> you're, you're very much correct. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have a toothache and you die. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, that's back. We've talked about it before, but back in those days, it was like, oh, Charlie died of, of a fever. I think we, something weird. Like we, that. we said that because we were talking about if you could pick any time to live in, I think maybe you or I said, we, I'd pick the most recent because then you have the most medical science and you'll yeah. live the longest. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I want to live in the 1400s and, and get the plague or something. Well, dude, if you got a hangnail, you might as well like update your will and like, yeah, oh, exactly. this is going to get gangrene and, and all they're going to do is like, what they do in those days, like make you drink port and blow smoke on it or something. <laughs> You're dead. You're well, dead. Bloodletting and leeches and all kinds of um, cutting edge medical science. <laughs> the, the, the old man in the town square was like 50. He was the guy of wisdom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of crazy. <laughs> and we're coming up on that. Well, every time he and Mary would get into an argument, he was pushed that much closer to abandoning his cushy life and chasing his dreams of piracy. In Charles Johnson's 1724 book, A General History of the Pirates, he wrote that Steed's marital friction ended up being the final straw in his push to become a pirate, saying that Steed was, and I quote, driven there by his wife's nagging and discomforts he found in a married state. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no comment there. Steed, did you take out the, you didn't take out the trash. (laughs) I don't know what they argued about. They had servants to do everything for them. Uh, it's a human condition. There's always some conflict. You, it, and if it's not there, you create it, you know? That's why we are in the woke state we are. Oh, yeah. When life is sure. too cushy, then you start worrying about, you know. Sam's you, shirt. Yes. He's got it. I, I'll, I'll describe it because I think it's badass. It says cancel culture on it. And then it has like the Ghostbusters round <laughs> thing with the slash through it. I Every time I explain that symbol, I say the Ghostbusters thing too. I don't know what it's called, the red X thing, but it's not an X. It's the thing the Ghostbusters guy's in. Uh, Yeah, very good, very good. That's nice. At the end of 1716, Steed decided to become a pirate. But first, obviously, he needed a ship. Well, instead of stealing one, as was pirate tradition, Steed purchased a 60-ton sloop called The Revenge. Outright, and then con- contracted, sorry, a local shipyard to equip it with cannons and lodgings for a hundred men, and of course, what every good pirate had on his vessel, a very stocked library. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a bunch of barrels of rum. No, he, Steed was actually a well-read, like very intelligent dude. Yeah, that's cool. That's why, that's why he is known as the gentleman pirate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Well, next he needed a crew. So he set about recruiting worthy sea dogs. He broke uh, another pirate tradition. Steed paid his crew set wages out of his own pocket rather than split up stolen booty. Okay. These practices, along with his fair treatment, intellect, and penchant for reading, would lead to Steed becoming known as the gentleman pirate, like we said. In the spring of 1717, Steed had papers drawn up placing his wife, Mary, and two friends in charge of his affairs. He told everyone that he was setting out on a simple trading voyage and that all the precautions were just in case something happened and he didn't return. Mm -hmm. He was doing this all in secret. Mm -hmm. In May, Steed bid his wife and children farewell, and he and his crew of 126 men boarded the Revenge and set sail under cover of night. Gonna go trading. I'm gonna go trading. (laughs) Where are you trading? Uh, nothing for something. (laughs) Cannonballs for other things. Good trade. It's 100% profit margin. Yeah. It's a good good gig if you can get it. <laughs> Even in those days, ships had to be cleared by customs before they left the port. Oh, wow. Yes. But Steed ignored this requirement and set sail, meaning that he had committed his first act of piracy before even leaving Barbados waters. So before, that's crazy. Before you left, they checked to see what was on there. Yeah, customs. And then when you returned, it was, and there's like very detailed logs uh, of all this stuff, even now, it's it's really crazy. Man, I'm already learning something. Yes. That's crazy. The more you know. Yeah. Um, 
Before we go any further, though, I want to remind everyone that pirates were never confined to the sea, nor was their plundering ever limited to other ocean vessels. I learned a lot about pirates doing this as well. Yeah. Pirates would often sneak into a port or up a tributary and would board small boats to make their way onto dry land where they would break into and rob homes, inns, and shops. Oh, wow. In the time of Steed Bonnet, part of America's East Coast had been colonized, but many of these newly established settlements had little to no defense against pirates. At the most, some areas had a fort or two, equipped with lookouts and a small militia, and at most, a few guard ships stationed just off the coastline for protection. Which totally makes sense, because you wouldn't say, like, your kid is having trouble sleeping because they're afraid of pirates. Be like, no, we live on land. They can't walk on the land. I don't know. I don't know why... I don't know why we always thought that. That's funny because like it's they so, were like a, a common sense thing. It's like they were a shark or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they only exist in the water, but <laughs> as long as you're on land, they can't get you. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're on you're on soil. You you have to go back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess I just always thought of them as just being in like a some kind of pirate town thing, you know? Pirate town. <laughs> pirate town. That's what it's called. Welcome Arr. to pirate town. <laughs> only pirates allowed. That bench right there is where you park your booty. <laughs> I don't know. It's pirate jokes. Damn. Don't ever apologize. That was good. You'd be proud of that. (laughs) Uh, This made many of these areas popular destinations for pirates. And this is what Steed had in mind when he plotted the Revenge's first course towards the Cape of Virginia, specifically Chesapeake Bay. In the early 1700s, Virginia's two main settlements, settlements, that is, Richmond and Norfolk, were fairly vulnerable to pirates. One of the first recorded incidents was back in 1682 at Tyndall's Point, when several pirates snuck on land and robbed two different homes, making away with a fairly large cache of goods, money, and silver plates. No sooner than they had returned to their ship, Colonel William Cole secured a ship of his own and a crew of militiamen to give chase. They finally apprehended the pirates near Rhode Island, five of which were sent back to Virginia for trial. Now, to the frustration of the Council of Virginia, these five pirates escaped almost immediately. Although three of the five were never seen again, two were recaptured, convicted on charges of piracy, and sentenced to death by hanging. With their Shouldn't ex- have stole those plates. Well, this, this, this is such a bizarre story. It doesn't directly have anything to do with Steed Bonnet, but I had to add it. Okay. With their execution date drawing near, the two pirates successfully petitioned for a two-day reprieve so that they could be baptized first. Uh, The request was granted. However, during that two-day reprieve, they removed two iron bars from their cell window and escaped again. But the story doesn't end there. Three days later, apparently after tidying up their affairs in preparation for their death, the the pirates returned to the cell to await execution. Wow. Yes. Stunned by this act of honesty, the people of Virginia called for their governor to pardon the men And he did. Wow. They walked. That might be the only time I've heard of a pardon that I've agreed with. Well, not the only time, but the only recent time. I I freaking hate the idea of law and order reigning. And then someone's like, ah, they should get away. (laughs) I don't know. They're dressing crazy. But in that case, that's kind of cool. It's like, hey, they're honest. They didn't have to come back. Yeah, that's so nuts. They They broke back in. They Yes, they snuck back in. Can you imagine, like, the, the next morning when the cell guy or whoever was walking through and the pirates are back? And they're like, what? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're back. We just had to go tidy up some things outside and we're back ready for the gallows. I consider, consider myself being an honest man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but what about all the stealing? Yeah. 
and stuff. Well, other than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, all that aside. But that's, I don't know. I just couldn't get over that. No, that's cool. That, no, I, I like that you said that because that's like a, you know, that's a tale of the time that puts us there, that, that puts all of our minds in that era. So that's yeah. a very good little story there. That's and awesome. pirates did live by a code. I mean, yeah. there was a strict pirate code yeah. that they lived by, so that may have included some kind of weird, I don't know. I don't know. If you captured and you break out, <laughs> you tidy up your affairs, and then you go back in prison <laughs> to serve your term. Yeah. Or get hung. Right. <laughs> or go to the gallows. Yeah. Just can't believe that. Maybe they just didn't want to live on the run. Yeah, maybe they just, you know, it's like, well, if even if we get out, they're going to find us eventually. There's the many stories where people that have escaped, like after however long, because I guess, I mean, I, you can imagine, life on the run just would be- paranoid. Oh, it would be stressful every time the phone rang, every time a car drove by, every time, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh my God, you know? So I yeah, many people have just like turned themselves back in. It's like I cannot mess, you know, live with this stress. Yeah. Another quick myth that should be addressed is that pirates engaged in frequent naval battles, lining up with a rival ship and pelting each other with cannonballs until someone either sunk or surrendered. This was not usually the case. Pirates preferred to fire one morning shot across the bow, raise their Jolly Roger flag, and then have the ship surrender. It was far safer, less messy, and there was less chance of uh, any of the booty on board the other ship being damaged before they could plunder. Oh, yeah, if you sink the ship that you're going to rob. Yeah. Or yeah, if it make, totally makes sense. If it's full of barrels of pork and wine, if you're throwing cannonballs at it. Yeah. And a lot of them would take that other ship mm-hmm. also. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, you don't want to damage the other ship because you're going to probably steal that, too. Exactly. Yeah. And that plays in, Sam. That That's exactly what they do later. You're going to want, you know, to enlarge your fleet. Yeah, I wonder. Did they, you think they sold them too? I mean, oh, it's like a big boat. Probably. And I think yeah, they they were engaged in all types of activity like that. That's what they would do. Uh, of course, they would steal supplies and stuff. But yeah, a lot of the objects that they stole, they would resell. And yeah, yeah, probably take it like Grand Theft Auto and paint it, and then <laughs> sail it back out and sell it. Oh, that's not that. That's not that ship. No, it's a different one. That's not the Royal Karen. Now it's the Filthy Whore. <laughs> You guys ever seen Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott? No, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. dude. That I know. I've never seen it, but I know. I know what you're talking about. That movie's so great, and their ship is their boat is called the Filthy Whore. Really? All aboard the Filthy Whore. <laughs> it's like painted on the side. <laughs> I need to watch it. I like yeah, Chris I Elliott too. It's probably one of those that's got like a two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, but it's fantastic. Yeah, I know. I, I look for those sometimes. <laughs> Do what, Sam? I'm gonna look the rating up right now. You mean, oh, you know, it's but... not it's not good. I, I, if I really had to stand by something, I'd say like I'd say 15. percent What do you think, Joe? 23 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Did, oh, you were. What? It's 46 percent. Wow. I'm sorry, Chris Elliott. I, I I love Chris Elliott. Oh yeah. Oh my God. There's a new. Have you have you watched Shit's Creek? <laughs> No. Oh, Shit's Creek is amazing. Chris Elliott is in. He's like the mayor of Shit's Creek is a town. No, I haven't. The but there's a new show on Adult Swim that he's on. He's like a sheriff or something. Really? It's so bad. Oh, he, oh it's really? awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name on Shit's Creek is Rolling Shit. <laughs> you told me I need to watch that. I, yep. do, I do need. And to watch it's um, it's also five point four out, out of ten on uh, IMDb. Oh wow! So, Ca- Cabin yeah. Boy recommended movie of the week. There, kids. it's hitting right there around fifty. Cool. Should I, that kind of be like our uh, our, uh, our axe murderer thing? We should watch that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. That's funny. We didn't have homework that week. That is the funny thing about that week. Mm-mm. No one said, hey, we should all go watch that. We start texting each other. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, watching 
So I married an ex murderer. Yeah. Oh, I did the other night. Oh, I'm and going me and to Joe watched it the same night. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that I, crazy? I was just finishing it up, and then he texted and said that he was like starting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hannah nuts. texted and me, and Hannah she said, "Yeah, it. she said I'm I'm watching that." I said, "I just finished it. It was real funny." Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's crazy. so crazy. Every second of that movie is gold. It holds mm-hmm. up. It is fan. Yeah, it holds up. There Fantastic. Mike Myers' goes. best movie. Love it. Mm-hmm. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, very good. Okay, so now after the ship was cleaned out that they that they captured. Uh, all bets were off and then many of them were burned, but like Sam said, many of them were added to the pirate fleet. Yeah. Um, and here's another myth, actually the Jolly Roger itself. Now I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but it seems like the most common pirate flag may have been just solid red known as the bloody flag. Now they were Jolly Rogers. Okay. But it seems like the term, the bloody flag, the red flag was more common. The term Jolly Roger is derived from the French Jolet Rouge, which translate to pretty red. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. You're blowing my mind tonight. But That's to amazing. ease everyone's mind, there are many cases in which the classic Jolly Roger or the death's head flag was flown by. Well, pirates. somebody would have to, that would make sense because someone would have to make it. So if you didn't have someone on your ship that was artistic or whatever to make that, mm-hmm. a red one totally makes way more sense. Yeah. The bloody All the stuff flag. you're saying is awesome because it's like, it's rooted in common sense. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And there was a, like a ton, I mean, you know, if you're actually thinking of the Jolly Roger skull and crossbones, there was so many different yes. versions of that for each sure. crew or, or, you know, captain or, mm-hmm. or whatever. There was so many. So it'd have, if, if I got scientific about it, it'd have to be like a skull with two femurs, right? I mean, that would be the only two bones that would be long enough to cross. I guess so, yeah. I would think, wouldn't you? Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry that I no, that's... out on that. If you Google Steed Bonnet uh, yeah. and scroll down a little bit, he himself had like four or five different flags, one of which was the red one, but he had like the classic Jolly Roger, and then he had one that was just a skull. So I guess pirates had several different flags for different things, I guess. So that was pretty interesting. So yeah, if you want, if you guys want, you can Google him or just pirate flags, and there was many different versions. They're not as cool as this one I'm looking at, though. No, the one with Sam's is awesome. He's got headphones and sunglasses on like aviators. That's amazing. And a big red beard, obviously. And the beard is almost, uh, um, what's the guy with the... With Bar- the Barbosa? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it, it kind of has a, uh, I don't know. Or no, you're th- you're thinking of um, Davy name? Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Has that? Yeah, for sure. Most pictures of Blackbeard, who we will talk about in a little okay. bit, yeah. has his beard as like all stringy and thick like that. Yes. Would he light it on fire? Edward Teach. Would he put? Would he yes. put gunpowder in it and light he, it on fire? He would stick. He would stick little fuses and light them so that he would smoke. He really did. Like he was a scary son of a bitch. Apparently, <laughs> like he was really tall. And we're, we're going to talk about him. Okay, cool, dude. It's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he does have, like, a few different versions of a Jolly Roger. One without even crossbones. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a bone underneath, a heart on one side, and then some other symbol on the other. Almost like a dagger or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some weird little... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so many different pirates. I learned so much about pirates tonight. Oh, okay, so back to Steed Bonnet. Uh, Once the Revenge reached Chesapeake Bay, it plundered four vessels, at least one of which, I'm going to say the Turbet, Turbet, a Barbadian ship that he subsequently burned into the sea, partially for his hatred of his home, Barbados, but also to keep anyone from reporting his activities back to the people at home. He just, for some reason, he wanted to keep that secret. Yeah. Well, it's like superheroes. Like, they don't, they keep that identity. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing this back to something realistic, right? You know, they don't want their family 
to be hurt. Yeah. You know, so they have to protect their identity. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. You know, oh, if they find out I care about Lois Lane, they'll they'll kill her. You know what? Lexi and I got to talking about that the other night. And no one stops to think about it. People have talked about it before, but just think about the insanity of Lois Lane not knowing who Clark Kent was just by him not wearing glasses. That is the, when you really think about it, that is the stupidest thing that has know. ever been thought. I'll, I'll counter you on that. Okay. Because, <laughs> because if, if I go back to the, the, the movie I liked, which is the first Superman um, in the, the Chris, 80s, right? The Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Chris Reeves, yeah. So, I mean, he played the klutz and he was like the reporter. And, yes. So, I mean, the rational side of her brain didn't come into play because the Superman is like the fantasy of the guy that could fly and lift a plane, you know? So she probably didn't like put it together. Like all the all the you know physical klutziness, all that was overshadowing the look. Like yeah, his, exactly. His actual look. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Superman being yes, clean and and in a costume. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But I, I I can see your point of it because even in the comic books or the old TV show, he wasn't a klutz. He was a pretty stand up mm, guy, yeah. you know. But uh, especially that movie, I think they did that well, making making him be kind of klutzy. That was kind of my first in- introduction to Superman, so that's where I'm. That's that's kind of where my brain is. But I could totally see your side of it too. That that it is pretty stupid. Yeah. It, even worse is Prince Adam and He Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, nothing changed really. Nothing. He wasn't wearing pink. Even Prince Adam. By I, the I power always thought. Of grace, yeah, that's it. right. I always thought that Prince Adam was a little bit more ripped for some reason. They're the same mold and the same action figure, but some something with the the pink and the white shirt made his abs. Looks, yeah, he just looks more ripped. So I'm like, <laughs> I bet Prince Adam could take him in a fight. <laughs> well, pretty good. Well, with the with the Clark Kent thing, I just imagine like Sam taking his glasses off right now, and we would be like, Who who are you? What'd you do with Sam? Where's Sam? Who are? Get out of here! It just it's so absurd. Well, his hair was slicked back also. Oh, oh yeah, I had really nice hair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Does that change anything for you? No, nope. you can tell it doesn't. Nope. No, I, I definitely could see it, though. I, I, I know what you're saying. Well, <laughs> after his relative success outside Virginia, Steed sailed the revenge north towards New York, more specifically uh, an area known as Gardner's Island, where he did some trading. After that, the revenge meandered towards South Carolina, but it was here that Steed Bonnet's inexperience as a seafarer really started to show. He did have some early success, but had relied heavily on his crew, who had spent most of their lives at sea. But as a leader, a captain, Steed really had no idea what to do at this point. And for a time, the revenge kind of wandered around, lost and misguided. See, before he did this, it's not even really known if he'd ever been on a boat. Okay. Oh, wow. It was literally like he just... Like dis- he was just getting his sea legs also. Yes. So this was all brand new. I wonder if his crew, you know, there was probably some animosity there right i would say so arg this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing yeah because in pirate culture like the 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 captain was usually voted up amongst the crew and it was a pretty coveted position and you know if you didn't do right by your crew they'd throw your ass off the boat i'm king of the britons well i didn't vote for you (laughs) 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 but you're right it's funny all these these pirates that know what they're doing and they are you know pirates yeah and then their captain is this guy that's like oh okay uh what should we do now captain um grab those ropes and uh uh what would what would you do <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has no clue 
I'm going to test you guys to see what you would do in this situation. Oh, well, I'd, I'd tie the mast and turn the sail 20 degrees and head that way. Oh, that's... You passed. You passed the test. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so then... Steed decided to ask his men where the hell they should go, and the ship's crew held a vote. The verdict? The coast of Florida. Hmm. Now, this made a lot of sense, because just two years prior, a massive fleet of 11 Spanish treasure ships had been destroyed by a storm in that area, Hmm. and since then, pirates and everyone else from everywhere had arrived to fish for the sunken treasure. And a lot of retired rich people are there. I don't know if they were then, but maybe. Driving golf carts with their plaid pants pulled up to their armpits yeah griping about i don't know taxes i don't know yeah my, maybe my my wife's grandfather lives in florida really oh yeah he's he's there i mean he's got like he's rich yeah he's got like a multi-million dollar house right there in one of those like amazing neighborhoods and drives his little golf cart around and yeah he's, he's got it made down there yeah <laughs> build a giant house and a hurricane prone area yeah i'm just joking as they neared their destination the crew noticed what appeared to be a large merchant ship flying the spanish flag ripe for the pickings right emboldened by his early uh, success and probably a little bit ignorance steed raised his jolly roger and set course directly towards the ship barrel assing towards the merchant ship this is going to be a huge haul However, as they got closer, he realized with horror that this was not a helpless merchant ship, fat with goods and money and treasure, but it was a Spanish man of war. Oh. So you guys do know what that means. Yes. Well, I'll tell the listeners. A man of war was a large, heavily armored Spanish naval ship that was feared by everyone. Okay, so real quick, did he see it? He saw it from afar. Oh, look at that little ship over there. And then... Of course, if it looks little from that far away, <laughs> as you get closer, it's going to get bigger. Yeah. But oh, he, it was yeah. close enough that he saw the Spanish flag. Oh, that's true. So he just thought it was a Spanish merchant ship. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He, I, I, well, I mean, you got visibility things. That, I mean, you got, you got sure. that you could, you know, fog uh, and stuff yeah. like that. That could have been a factor. I just wonder if any of the crew was like, I shouldn't, let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they did, he overruled them. I know what I'm doing. Shut up, fool! You do as I say. Sail to the motion ship. Let's get it. Yeah, I don't imagine him. I don't imagine him having a piratey voice. No, no. He don't be talking like this. Do you think he tried? You think he tried it out? What if he Possibly. was like, oh, and then one of the, one of the crew was like, and he's like, oh, okay, I just thought I'd try it, but all right, <laughs> sorry guys. I think it was more like what you just said. Set course. <laughs> we shall overtake him and plunder the ship. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more gentlemanish. <laughs> and you just see like pirates like looking at each other, Elbow, yeah, elbowing each other. <laughs> you be the gentleman pirate. <laughs> I wonder if this ship has any good literature aboard. <laughs> I need to restock my library. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Can you believe this guy? <laughs> Should we tell him? No. Nah, no, no. Let's just let him play along and play along. Anybody got their white flag ready? <laughs> um, so, yeah, Spanish War had many more guns and armor and was far bigger than the Revenge. Yes. Picture, I put the picture a tugboat with cannons going against a modern day destroyer. It was about like what it was. No, se- no sooner had Steed flown his pirate flag, the Spanish warship 
unleashed a tirade of cannonballs in his direction. They were like, oh, really? You idiot? It's like someone in a canoe with a musket. It's like ridiculous. While several of his crew were killed, uh, Steed was knocked unconscious and injured pretty badly. The remaining men quickly ushered their captain below decks and set about fleeing the man of war. Uh, now, this is in this case, being the smaller ship, was good for them yeah. because they were able to outrun and they got away from it. Right? Yeah, the, a weight issue. I'm yes. sure. Yeah. Barely got away from it. Yeah. Having uh, barely escaped destruction, the battered revenge made its way to Nassau in the Bahamas, a popular pirate hideout at the time. Hmm. It was here that Steed would meet a pirate who would become an integral part of his life for the rest of his life. But he wasn't just any pirate. In fact, he was one of the most cruel, ruthless, cutthroat pirates in history. Edward Teach, better known as Blackbeard. Blackbeard. He's been described as having piercing eyes, a long, ugly, matted beard. He even stuck small fuses in his hat and lit them, enveloping himself in a cloud of smoke and appearing almost like a devil or ghostly apparition. Whoa! Whoa! So awesome! How do you like even think of that back then? (laughs) Like that may have been the some of the first like you know live production sure (laughs) ever yeah. Well, he even wore like crossed uh, holders and muskets Mm -hmm. like all over him. Yeah. Yeah. You think like when he was first doing that? Did he have his? Did he get a few trusted crew members to come down below decks and? Arg, what be scarier? Yes. Should I go with the crisscross or go like up and down? <laughs> yeah. What, what should funny. I do? That's funny. No, that is a great point, Sam, because that it was a production. I mean, because uh, it's, and I'm sure this is in Art of War or something like that. It's like, you know, you have to intimidate. Right. I mean, you don't have to always just beat someone. Psychological. You can beat them psychologically. So you don't have to, the you don't have to use the, the, the force that you would need. Because they're already kind of beaten mentally. You know, I'm sure there was plenty of accounts of people using intimidation tactics before Blackbeard. But, I mean, just how freaking cool yeah. to light some fuses in your hat to make you look like you're this mysterious figure yeah. surrounded by smoke. Uh, Captain, uh, what if you, I've got an idea. What if you stuck these fuses in your hat and lit them? And they'd like smoke and you'd almost look like you was a ghost or something. All right, it's pretty good. <laughs> Go get me some fuses. <laughs> you get to, you get more you get more percentage of the booty next time. Maybe in some battle he saw some guy catch on fire and was running. He's <laughs> like, man, that's pretty freaky. That's scary right there. I'm gonna get some fuses sticking my ass and like that right there. What if he was running toward you instead of away to the water? <laughs> That'd be really freaky. That's how he came up with it all, probably. It is. I don't know. <laughs> Well, this real-life Batman villain and the much more timid Steed actually struck up a friendship, which seems strange at first. You know, Blackbeard was a seasoned veteran of the seas, a cold-hearted pirate who, whose very image frightened many men into instantly surrendering their vessels. Like, seriously, a lot of them, when when him and the, the Queen Anne's Revenge or whatever it was uh-huh, sailed up, what, they were like, oh, shit. You're right. They didn't even, they were just like, come aboard, yes, take everything, please be be kind. They were scared of this guy. Yeah, we got, I mean, the the lore, you know, it's just the the, the lore of it all. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I've heard UFC fighters talk about that, like getting in someone's head. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard him say, like, sometimes when they square up right before they fight, I've heard some say, like, he was beaten already. Like, I could see it in his eyes. Yeah. You know, like you'd gotten into his head. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you could relate that to, that to sports. I think some sports teams are kind of beaten before the game ever starts. Um, Looking at the Wikipedia on Blackbeard, it said, according to sources, Blackbeard flew a black flag with a skull on it. Um, no crossbones, just the skull, hmm. um, along with the blood red flag. Oh, okay, cool. And then he also used a like another flag, like so he had a few different black flags. Yeah. but he would fly like a couple. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Edward Teach, I love it. Well, yeah, it's weird, you know, with him being who he was, and then Steed being like this privileged aristocrat who didn't even have a sea legs yet, but. It turned out that their differences are kind of exactly what drew them together. So Steed had a ship and a crew, but no captain. And Blackbeard, at the time, was a captain with no ship or crew. I wonder if one of his smart-ass crew members said, Hey, tell them about the, the man of war thing. <laughs> Not, no, no. <laughs> but, oh, we don't want to bother him with that. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to your ship? Oh, we, uh, I was just, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now, but. We went against. Several ships. Oh, it's only one. <laughs> so the two reached an agreement wherein Blackbeard would take over as captain of the Revenge and Steed would kind of tag along as a guest, essentially living the pirate <laughs> lifestyle without the responsibilities. I'll just stay down here in my quarters and uh, maybe come up and see the action a little bit if we rob a ship. But that was you it. Think that's the Why is he the gecko lizard yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect gecko lizard. <laughs> it really is. Oh, I didn't even mean that. But no, the, it's awesome. I love it. I he love was it. he was the first like he was kind of a pirate cuck. <laughs> that, that was okay. Let's move on from that. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Do you think it's kind of the equivalent of Captain Hook and Smee? Oh, mm. it kind of is, man. That's a good uh, comparison. That's really good. Yeah. yeah, very good. I was hoping that came up because that's the like the pinnacle of what i know about pirates <laughs> i learned it all from peter pan <laughs> from hook peter. is there is there a mermaid lagoon in those notes of yours joe <laughs> about a little flying fairy yeah well or some lost boy peter pan and goonies yeah yeah that's you know <laughs> that's true that's true that's it no that's awesome for sure. So Blackbeard, Steed, and the crew boarded the Revenge and set sail in September of 1717. With the experienced and ruthless Blackbeard at the helm, the Revenge successfully plundered dozens and dozens of vessels in the following months, many of which were destroyed and several of which were added to their pirate fleet. Blackbeard and Bonnet left Delaware Bay and ended up back in the Caribbean where... On September, uh, no, I'm sorry, November 17th, they attacked a 200-ton ship named the Concord, about 100 miles away from the island of Martinique. After a brief battle, the crew of the Concord surrendered itself to Blackbeard, who then sailed uh, the ship onto the, the Grenadines, I believe, where he renamed it the Queen Anne's Revenge. For reasons unknown, he and Steed parted ways about a month after this. At least they fought. You know, that you said a lot of them didn't even fight. At least they put up a fight. They did. They put up a fight for a while before yeah. they... Free of Blackbeard and back at the helm of the Revenge, Bonnet sailed west in March 1718, encountered a massive merchant vessel called the Protestant Caesar off the coast of Honduras, and attempted to capture it but was unsuccessful and only ended up further pissing off his already frustrated crew. That is why... When Steed crossed paths with Blackbeard again shortly after, his crew deserted his ass immediately and went back to Blackbeard. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, they were just like, you don't even know what you're doing, dude. We're out of here. You're an idiot, pretty much. They didn't realize that the first time around? <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's give him another shot. Let's go poke that bear with the <laughs> man of war. Possibly forgetting exactly how Blackbeard had earned his evil reputation, Steed was reportedly surprised at the betrayal from his partner in crime. Like, oh, you'd take all my crew? <laughs> like, like, of course I would, idiot. I'm a pirate. I'm a pirate. I take things. <laughs> Doesn't have to be things. It could be people, too. <laughs> oh, he confided in some crew. Now, this was the first time. Uh, some crew that he really trusted that he would give up pirate life in favor of exile, like maybe in Spain or Portugal. That's not even the song pirate's life for me. He was like pirate's life, not for me. No. And what's, uh, you know, what's bad is like, once you got into that, you can't just, it's almost like a gang. You can't just unpirate because <laughs> you're going to, you know what I mean? You can't just bow out or you get arrested. Like, no, I'm not a pirate anymore. Yeah. Um, you're in it for life, you know? So that's why he said the only alternative was exile somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, this was all just within a f- months. You know, it took him just a few months to be like, oh, our, um, I don't know if this was the greatest No, idea. remember, he's the gecko. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if the pirate's life is a life for me. You can save up to 25% on car insurance. <laughs> it's so perfect. You don't even know it. <laughs> It's the perfect impression you didn't know you had. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, let's wrap it up right there on part one of uh, The Gentleman Pirate. Man, I learned so much. Isn't it cool? Yeah, it's very cool. Learning is fun. It is. It is fun. It really is, man. But like I said, unfortunately, I said this on another podcast, uh, man, when you're like constantly doing research and building up, you know, the notes and for different show after show after I kind of just like, after one is done, I kind of just have to flush it all out of my brain and move on to the next, you know? Well, you probably remember like the, the key parts I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you just lose the details. <laughs> I probably lose a lot, Yeah, but it's weird. Cause you know, like one week you might be doing research on, uh, some kid that was abducted. And then the very next week it's like a pirate thing. And then the very next week it's a, a musician that, you know, Died of an overdose or something. It's very different things, but there's only so much room, as we know from the SpongeBob episode where he <laughs> forgets, forgets everything, <laughs> but how to be a a, a waiter in a, a fancy yes. restaurant. We got a name here. We got to have a name. Yeah, What's your yeah. name? They're going through the files. <laughs> I got nothing on name. <laughs> SpongeBob is underrated. It's one of the greatest oh gosh, shows, yeah. not even yeah. just cartoons, shows of all yeah, time for sure. I Especially, I, not so much the later ones for me, but uh, the first five seasons or so were amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son still walks around. He bends down and goes, I ripped my pants. pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll do that over and over again. Then he'll go, bah, bah. Yeah, he, he has a pretty good SpongeBob. Ivan has a good SpongeBob. No, that's, yeah. My son's is better, and he's three. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest songs from SpongeBob is the Split My Pants song. Oh, yeah, and the Super Bowl one. Oh, oh my gosh. Isn't that great? Yes, the bikini, the bikini bottom bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where SpongeBob yeah. races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked it up one time. It, speaking of uh, not being able to recall things, I, I looked it up one time. Who did that? Who sang that? Um, I can't remember who it is, I but it's not anyone notable. Really? But it's not Tom Kenny. It was Bob Kulick. And James would probably know this because it's Bruce Kulick's of Kiss fame. Really? Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. That is all we tied Kiss into SpongeBob. How cool Whoa. is that? Six degrees of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> oh, by the way, rest in peace. Uh, was it Steve Hillenberg? Yeah. 
He was yeah. the creator, and he actually passed away of like uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, I think, or something. Anyway, so yeah, good good thing to end on. Hey, SpongeBob directly relates to pirates. Sure, yep. it, oh, is, yeah. it is an oh, undersea adventure. Gosh. I mean, it starts with the pirates. Yes. Oh, Are you ready, kids? Yeah. So we did not deviate. No, and Bob Kulik, you know, has credits on Sweet Victory. Worked with numerous acts such as Kiss, Wasp, Alice Cooper, oh, Meatloaf, Michael Bolton, and was the older brother of former Kiss lead guitarist. Bruce Cooley. Oh, wow. So I said it wasn't a name, but it is a name. I said it wasn't a name, but I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. How cool is awesome. that? Awesome. There we go. We Very have good. learned so much in the last hour. Very, yeah. Learning is cool, like we said before. Learning is cool. That's right. And we'll leave you with that in my radio NPR voice. Thank you one and all, again, for listening to the Dawn of Mantis podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>